the mean streets of South Lyon, Michigan. This is the Off-Center Sports Card Show. We'll talk all cards, modern and vintage, graded and ungraded, and stories of the hobby. Sit back, grab a cold one, and let's join George Jackson and Coach Pat. Welcome to the OC. What is up? The OC, baby. The debut. We are here. This is great. What do you think it is, Pat? Yeah, yeah, nice like little a, setup uh, here. Like Mike and Mike, I, and uh, hey, we're just glad to see you standing after Sunday night, buddy. Oh, legendary, Spartan strong, <laughs> Spartans will go. Fifteen fireballs. Don't do that ever, kids. Man's Don't game, do ladies that and ever. gentlemen. Man's game. Well, here we are. First, like we said, the first one, and uh, episode one of the OC baby. OC, this is uh, this is exciting. It, it all started, uh, you know, having a guest appearance on the uh, Easy Speak Speak Easy podcast with Rich Jasper and, and Tom Sloan, and, and we owe those guys a huge thank you. Mm. Uh, they've helped us out a ton. They're here tonight as our producers, helping us uh, to get this things rolling. So, Tom and Rich, thank you. Uh, give those guys a listen um, if uh, if you guys are looking for an entertaining podcast. But Definitely. hey, this is uh, this is exciting. Two guys that uh, that have. You've been in the industry longer than I have, uh, and I think we have a lot to share with uh, with the audience, and, and I think we have uh, a great audience that can share a lot with us. So we're looking to to uh, bring guests on and, and do all kinds of good things. It's such a great hobby and uh, so much to discuss. Awesome. Couldn't say it better myself. And uh, why don't we start there, Pat, off on um, how did you get into the hobby? And it's kind of where we'll start off with our listeners and have them get a feel of us and what we're in this for and Absolutely. How we started. Absolutely. So, gosh, much like, uh, you know, most people, I'm a sports nut, um, you know, been been playing uh, sports, following it since I was a little kid. Um, you know, went to card shows with my dad uh, growing up, uh, would ride my bike to the local card shops with my buddies, um, you know, back in the days when people still traded cards. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, and do that and, and going to the shows and you, you amass a collection over the years and and then it goes and gets stored in a, a storage tote. And I do remember the stories of my dad saying, hey, don't do what uh, what my mom did and, and throw out all my cards. Uh, so I made sure uh, one thing that was uh, you know important to me growing up when I was collecting is to really take care of the cards. So nice cards I get, penny sleeve, top loader into the storage box. And, uh, you know, we reached a point, uh, you know, stuff was starting to get stored up at, at my parents' house in their basement. And my mom finally hit her breaking point. She said, look, you got to take these cards or I'm getting rid of them. And she she finally just brought them over one weekend, just dumped them in our basement. How long ago was that? Probably six, seven years ago. Didn't okay. even didn't even look at them. Hadn't looked at them. They were just there, you know, tucked away for a rainy day uh, or a COVID pandemic. Mm. Uh, needless to say, there was much downtime. And uh, I said, hey, you know what? I know I've got those cards in the basement. Uh, so I went down. Uh, opened up that bin one day and just spent hours going through it. And it, it brought back a ton of memories. I mean, I could, some of the cards I could remember pulling them out of a pack as a kid. Uh, but I started to come, come through and, and see, I'd see Derek Jeter rookie, uh, a bunch of Shaq rookies. I'm like, man, I've really, wow. I've got something here. And, and even before the pandemic, I was really starting to, to, you know, reignite my fire for the hobby. Uh, you listen to guys like uh, Gary V. Um, you know, and then you just start to, to learn and, and immerse yourself in the hobby. Uh, Jeff Wilson, sports card investor, a guy I follow a ton, and it really got me excited again. Um, 
So uh, one thing led to another. I, I sent a, a couple cards off for grading. Uh, I had to educate myself on that whole process, which is a topic we'll get to later in the show. Um, but, you know, Jeter cards came back, started selling, you know, and so you just start buying, selling, and, and uh, you know, you, and you meet so many great people along the way, which I think is, is one of the most fun things about this hobby. Uh, and you're just always constantly learning. Um, you know, so that's kind of my story, kind of how I got to where, uh, where I am today, but you've been doing it much longer than me. And you, uh, you were part of this, uh, hobby before it was kind of the trendy thing to do. So why don't you yeah, tell been, us how you got, uh, got rolling? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a great story. I think like how COVID just brought people on back into collectibles and sports cards and everything like that is cool. And you're a, uh, story of that who went hard and heavy at it. So that's awesome, man. And now we're here. Yeah. So this is great. Um, yeah, with myself, I started collecting when I was seven years old. Was my first uh my uncle bought me a uh a binder and plastic pa- pages from the old ballpark. Yep. Out in Novi back in the day. That's there's yeah, one out in Novi the and uh, there's one in Canton. Yep, one out there too. Yep. yep. So we got that and uh started getting in and uh I was in it heavy into it, and really my father got me started in it, and he was a huge collector back in the day, but course the same old story cards ended up at the end of the street and say la vie so you know <laughs> kind of sucks but yeah. uh because you think about that um but yeah i went into it and then when i was about 14 years old i started setting up at shows with my dad i had first thing i had a full table i had one display case some boxes set up stuff like that and that was in 1989 and uh never forget the Griffey rookie came out then and it just Barry Sanders rookie came out and the market was really heating up at that time. That was the hot point of the whole market is when um upper deck really just took it over the top. Yep. And uh I did that for a good uh two years, setting up at shows every weekend. There are some shows 15, 16 years old. I'm pulling down twenty five hundred to three grand for that weekend. And uh, you know, had end up hiring my buddies to run my table while i'm out hustling this the show and you everything might have been like the that. guy you might have been been the guy that uh, that hustled me at some of these shows i it's, uh, possibly could have you i'll tell you this familiar. one thing that still sticks with me at some of these shows that i've gone to one i, I remember it like it was yesterday the the livonia elks club they do ah, yes, show on Plymouth Road. every sunday yes i was there so i went <laughs> went to this show and i was after this specific shack card and I'm making the rounds. My dad and I get separated. He's out looking. He's looking for other cards, uh, whatever. And so I, it's just me. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a young kid. I go up to this table. This guy is, he looks like he's a, he's an Elvis impersonator at night. I mean, just the greasiest, slimiest guy that you can imagine. So I go, he's got the card I'm looking for. Total amateur move by me. Uh, I go, Hey, uh, you know, sir, how much, how much is that shack card right there? He goes, uh, how much money do you have? I'm like, uh, $42, $42. Basically handed the guy every dollar I had. I mean, what kind of scumbag does that? But those are the wow. people that were involved. And then, you know, there's still people like that, um, you know, doing the operating like that today. I'd, I'd like to think there's certainly more good than bad in the hobby. And there is. It uh, is. And we're seeing that in the industry yeah. right now, I think, when you use term scumbags greasy dudes yeah what we're seeing right now a lot is flippers yep and we're seeing that a lot in the retail market and what's your view on that right now and how are you visioning that yeah so it's um 
you know, people get into the hobby for all different reasons. And, um, you know, a lot before the sports card boom took off, there were a lot of people that were into the, the shoe flipping. Right. And people are still doing that today. You know, the the, the race to get the, the new release Jordans or LeBrons or the, the Kyrie Irving shoes and, you know, turn around. I had flip. the Grant Hill Fila's. <laughs> yeah. Those are pretty solid. I had the uh, MTA Pro uh, Buddha Edwards. As on the mean streets of South Line no yep. back in the day with me. So. But, you know, the, 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 the guys that are in it, um, you know, to, to make a quick buck, um, you know, buy a box of cards for 25, 30 bucks at Walmart or Target and then flip it immediately for three, four, five times that, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're running into to issues uh, on the retail side of the market. Uh, I mean, before this thing took off, I could walk into Target or Walmart. Um, you know, with my two boys, uh, age 12 and 10, and, and, you know, we could go grab a pack of basketball cards off the shelf and, and be on our way, come home, open them up. Now it's the, you, I don't even bother going in there anymore. Shelf is cleared. Uh, but what I do like, uh, you know, that I'm seeing is that some of these stores are taking measures to, to at least give other people a chance to get some of these cards. So I'll give you an example, Meyer, uh, right here locally in, in Wixom, Michigan, uh, I happened to be in Meyer the other day, strolled by the card section. Shelf is empty, but there's a sign. It says, we are now only selling sports cards behind the electronics counter every Friday starting at 3 p.m. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, you know, I'll come back here on Friday and see if I can maybe get a box of basketball cards, which I haven't been able to get in months. Right. So pick my son up from school like a responsible dad. And I, he said, hey, dad, I'm starving. I want to go home and I want to eat. I said, we can get to that. But the first thing we got to do is go to Meyer and try to get, <laughs> get in line for these sports cards. As a responsible dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to teach the young man All priorities. Right. Uh, so uh, there we go. We hightail it to Meyer, and I'm in, pull into the parking lot at 245. I'm thinking, man, I am going to be golden. I will be at the front of this line picking out optic football, uh, you know, hoops, basketball. Walk over to the electronics counter. Line is already 25 deep. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I even had uh, runners out there in Canton. I had uh, my mother-in-law, father-in-law in line in Canton. Same thing. Waiting at 25 deep. So by the time, and they limit it, it's like two to three boxes per customer. By the time we got to the front of the line, all they had left was 2021 Tops Baseball. So I, everyone was there for football, basketball, Pokemon. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Hey, I've been waiting. I'll, I'll take two blaster boxes of tops baseball. <laughs> so that's what we went with. But so it's, it's reminded me of like of the day of Ticketmaster. you know, like yep. you're in line for green day and you're thinking you're gonna get front two rows and you end up, uh, you know, behind the stage, uh, yeah. upper bowl, you <sighs> yeah. know, and it's just, it's crazy. And the thing I think it's hurting the most right now, when I see it for the, uh, retail market, especially in the stores is the kids. Yep. Um, it's one thing we have to keep in the hobby as the kids and, uh, they're not getting their fair shake at it right now. And that's tough. And even going to card shows, it's amazing what the markup is on things. And, mm -hmm. um, I just want to see a better job of that. And I don't know how we do that, but, or how these stores can do that, but just stepping up and making sure maybe some, a kid's section, they have some sort of priority over it where these guys are not getting in line and then just it's on eBay in 30 seconds. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough to see. And my kids love opening packs more than anybody. And I, I have zero self-control when it comes to, you put a, a wax 
box in front of me, it's like throwing a stake into the lion cage. I will rip that sucker open in seconds. How you guys can tuck these cards away and then save it. Oh my God, I'm going to sell this sealed wax in the next in 10 years from now and make a fortune. Not me. I'm ripping that sucker open. Kids are excited to pull a Zion or a Joe Burrow or, or whoever. Uh, they did not have a good time opening up those tops blasters. They, they just don't know the baseball players as, as well. You know, they don't know the baseball rookies, uh, you know, like, like everyone knows a Zion or John Morant or Justin Herbert. Um, and that's the thing right now. We are in spring training right now, and we're really in the heart of it where you're starting to see these teams line up. And we're seeing a lot of young prospects out there. Yep. Um, personally, myself, watching the Tigers, for instance, our home team, you see the guys like Riley Green, Torkelson. They might not be ripping the ball as they should average-wise, but, boy, when they hit it, <laughs> they hit a foul. They are just – there is some pop in those bats. Yeah. And it's exciting to see. Who are you seeing, you know, besides our own Tigers and – maybe around the major leagues when you talk about rookies or kids are getting in these cards and stuff, what prospects are you seeing right now? Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of look at, um, you know, you look at the, the rookie of the year race in both the AL and NL, um, you know, you've got, uh, Randy Rosarena who is, uh, eligible for rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, Wander Franco, I think, is going to be the odds-on favorite. Uh, he's been the, the number one prospect in baseball for, for quite some time. So uh, it'll be good to see that guy get a get a full season. His cards are starting to spike. Um, you've got a couple guys in Baltimore. Uh, Adley Rutschman, uh, the catcher, who was the number one pick uh, a couple years back. Uh, you've got Ryan Mountcastle. Kalenic over in Seattle, Kalenic, too. Yeah. And so Kalenic was a guy who was traded from the Mets mm -hmm. to Seattle in the, the Robinson Cano deal. Uh, and that's a guy they said, if they had to do that draft all over again, I think he went sixth um, in that draft. He, I think he was drafted out of high school uh, was the Mets top prospect. And um, you know, Mets sold the farm to get uh, a known steroid user in, in uh, Cano and gave up uh, some, some good prospects uh, in, in doing so it tends um, to happen like that for sure. Like yep. Joe Adele, another guy, uh, where since we're talking American league right now, Joe Adele is something, especially over in Anaheim. Um, Mike Trout's really starting to get some help in that lineup. Yeah, he needs it. He, he, needs he it. has needed it. And, uh, Otani's taken off. I mean, he know he's not a prospect, but you know, to see that these guys play out in the card market too, and how their prices fluctuate, even with spring training is pretty cool. I think. It is, and, and the and, hype's on them, <laughs> and fans uh, and, and card investors react pretty quickly to uh, you know to some of these prospects. You, you take Torkelson for example. Um, you know when that Bowman draft set came out, I mean people were going nuts for Torkelson. It's just you know you could have named your price on on his uh, you know on his Bowman Chrome uh, or his, you know his Bowman paper. Mm. He's gotten off to a very slow start. Um, you know, and now his card prices have dropped 20% uh, in the last seven days. So if you're still a believer in Spencer Torkelson, which I certainly am, and I, uh, obviously all the Detroit Tiger faithful is, uh, now's a good time to buy Spencer Torkelson. Uh, you know, conversely, we talked about Wander Franco. His cards are starting to spike a little bit. As the season gets closer, they're starting to say, all right, this number one prospect is is ready to, to show his stuff. Um, but you know what? It's... Uh, who knows, you know, for every, 
you know, every Mike Trout, uh, there's also a, a Todd Van Poppel and a, a Brian Taylor that, uh, you know, that can, can uh, flame out. That's why it's just, it's so pr- tough to predict. And when we get into our top five segment, um, you know, we'll kind of talk about, um, you know, maybe diversifying your collection uh, with a mixture of what, what I'd say speculative buys, guys that you're, you're maybe taking a chance on say, wow, man, I think Spencer Torkelson's going to be a stud for the next 15 years versus a known entity like a Mike Trout or whatever. Bryce Harper may be a bad example, yeah, well, but not, I mean, established, might not be. established superstars. Right. I mean, Harper still might not be. It's when you talk about Torkelson and prices going up and down and things like that. Yeah. Bryce Harper's a player where buying low right now and you're uh, – you got a good shot at it, yeah. you know. So Same with Judge, uh, you know, like you, know, you see guys like even the Hassan Dominguez from the Yankees. Some people say Jason. I believe it's Hassan. No, <laughs> I was curious about that. Yeah, I've heard Hassan, Hassan a lot. Yeah, being that. So, um, but we see a lot at, especially the hitters are amazing right now. Um, I've never seen that's where the really anything at. like it. I mean, unfortunately, with pitching, that does go up and down majorly. And I mean, guys can drop all the way down to nothing. Yep. Like right now, Brady Singer's shooting back up again. Yep. And he was a down guy, but now people are actually seeing what he has. Um, you know, he's knock the, on wood there. The guy <laughs> that bought his uh, he bought his parents a house, right? I yes, he did. On ESPN, yeah, he's a great Florida kid. Florida Gator. Yep. Um, and it wasn't he was on the same staff as Fiedo, and they had a, a killer staff at Florida. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, but, yeah, you just never know. It's and the, the neat thing I'm seeing, too, for a lot of prospects now is bloodlines. So we're seeing the Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt Jr., yeah, Bobby Witt Jr., Glenn Allen Hill, yep. son. Um, who are some other ones I remember seeing out there? But yeah. we're seeing a lot of that where the bloodlines jump in. Who's the Yankees pitcher? I can't remember. He's got a. Ah. Yeah, there's Davey Garcia, who's a, who's a big prospect for the Yankees. But yeah, yeah, Bobby Witt is, is another one. He. Well, he just hit a 485 foot home run last week, and uh, you know immediately his car his car prices have spiked a ton. Um, so, but he's a 20 year old kid, and um, you know, I don't think the Royals want to take a take a risk in bringing a guy up that early. And, and um, he's a natural shortstop, uh, from what I've heard, but they've been moving him over to second base. Uh, so a guy like that maybe it makes sense to start him out, and you know he's never had an at bat, an A ball or double A. So you know maybe best to start him there and. Guy's got a, a ton of time, so, and that's in the industry too. We got to be patient with these yep. prospects, especially if you're going in, investing in them, collecting them. Um, be patient because I believe that it will pay off in the end. Absolutely. Not going to pay off every time, but um, with some, a lot of these hitters, you're going to see it start paying off, paying its dividends uh, yep. down the road. Yeah, so you know when you're thinking about investing in in some of these prospects. Um, you know, you're going to hear now, we just mentioned probably 10 to 15 names right on, you know, during this call or during this topic and, you know, kind of, kind of go into it with a strategy. Maybe you like to collect a certain player uh, or you're into a certain sport. Um, you know, it's, I, I've, you know, I've made uh, investments and prospects I've felt good about. Uh, and for every one of those, I've, I've also, you know, I've told George's story a million times. I, I, bought uh you know four or five drew lock uh prism football rookie cards uh, prior to the season starting I, I think i paid probably two you know 200 a pop that card can now be had for probably under 70 dollars um so you know you're gonna you're gonna win some lose some 
Uh, but you kind of learn as you go. You just got to be, you got to be smart about it. Um, you know, do a lot of research and, um, you know, educate yourself. That's a big thing before, before you're going to invest in anything, whether it's sports cars or whatever it may be, but yeah, take the time, research the hobby, educate yourself, um, you know, and, and uh, invest in what you know. And I think that's a great thing too, to use that invest word and understanding it. This is a hobby and it's great. We'd love to see the kids have fun. But like you talked about with your story at the beginning, Pat, taking care of your stuff is so important. And that's what these kids need to do. Like I took care when we talk prospects, Jose leaned yep. 1988 tops rookie. I had over 200 of his rookie cards. I thought the guy was going to be awesome. <laughs> and Kevin Moss. Yeah. from the Kevin 80s. Moss was a huge buy for me back Kevin in the day. Moss, number 24. Oh yeah. yeah. And just left the hitter. Man, never took off though. Yep. <laughs> so I do have some Kevin Moss and um, Jose lean rookies. If anybody is looking, you can feel free to contact us. So the two I. The two guys that I can compare uh, similar, I, had, I was a big uh, Tim Salmon. Remember Tim Ooh, Salmon yes, from yes. the Angels and J.T. Snow. Oh, I had high hopes for both those guys, and again, didn't work out. So that's uh, Salmon. Salmon won Rookie of the Year, um, but uh, I don't know. He, he still had a pretty decent career. But yeah, could you imagine like a Tim Salmon though, when he was jacking home runs like that? Like now, he'd be like that Aaron Judge, just fly up in right. price and yep. better sell that Salmon quick, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The trout came after him. That was really a bad joke, but <laughs> so stupid. But Yeah. Boy, that wasn't even scripted either. No. That was right off the top I of my head. That salmon was swimming upstream on that uh, right. on that one. Yeah. I yeah. Think no, those no, jokes no applause from the audience. Really, I know. Just man. Tough crowd. Packed house tonight. Yeah. We're social distancing for sure back there, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one thing we are seeing when we talk investments and we talk about the whole industry is the grading companies right now. Yep. Holy shit. What happened? Man, Dude, I, just... I mean, I got cards sitting there. As everybody at the story, cards been sitting there eight months right now. Um, you know, I just put another batch in just before the price increase. A huge, huge batch with with Harvbo cards. And we're gonna try to get him on sometime in the future here too, as a guest. But um these prices have just gone out of hand. I shouldn't say that because I don't think it's out of hand. I just think it's a, they're trying to control what they have. I think it's a, it's a smart move uh, by PSA. I mean, that was the one thing I really had to educate myself on as I got back into the hobby is learning the, the whole grading process, mm -hmm. because that that's where the value's at. And PSA knows that once that, once they slap a, a, a nine or a 10 on one of those cards, that value has gone up significantly. Uh, but what was happening is people are sending basically every card in to get graded. Um, you know, you're sending in a, a $3, you know, Sadiq Bay card uh, to get, you know, to get graded. And you a guy like that. <laughs> and so now they're trying to make it okay. Uh, you can have your Sadiq Bay graded, but it might cost you, you know, close to 150 bucks. And now you're going to think twice about sending right. that card in. Um, so I think it's good. I mean, things I've read, they have, uh, I've heard PSA has a backlog right now of close to 9 million cards. Um, and they're hiring, I mean, they're hiring graders. So clearly they, they had to slow things down. Um, you know, once they started to, to tighten up the direct shipments, uh, that's when I started to, um, you know, to, to research some of the bulk submitters like Harvbo cards, like you talked about in Michigan, I haven't, uh, uh, research those guys much, but I worked with 
uh, PC sports cards out in New York. Uh, so Josh Cohen, who's the, uh, the owner of that company, he said in, he submitted, uh, it was 38,000 cards total in 2019. So those are cards that people ship to him for him to prep. And he just sends them all as one big shipment to PSA. Right. So he's, he gets preferential pricing as he should. He said, uh, it was a, couple weeks ago in 2021, he sent 38,000 cards in one week. So one week in 2021 was equal to what he did all of 2019. So that just shows you how many people are getting into this hobby. Uh, and two, you know, people are sending in anything and everything. So clearly that's a, an example of how backed up the, and he's just one bulk submitter. He's a big one. Um, but just the volume coming in, they did, they can't keep up. Right. Uh, so they have to have to put some controls on it. Now, is that going to make people look a different direction and go to, um, you know, uh, BGS? I think they're they're not in a, uh, I don't, any better. Yeah, position. I mean, I printed off some of that on them earlier and stuff. I, I deal with mostly PSA. Yep. Um, my is. rank goes PSA, BGS, SGC, as in respect to the industry that I like with the cards, <sighs> gradings. Uh, they jacked it up, too. So, yep. I mean, they're just following suit. They're yeah. all in the same situation with that. Up. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just what I see with it, though. In my opinion, though, there's a lot. Once we get kind of going back to the flipper issue again, everybody wants it all at once. Yeah. And sometimes, in my opinion, it's just better for PSA to be holding on to those cards right now than me to be holding on to them. Yep. Because when I get them, it will pay off. It's just going to take the patience to get them back. Um, But it will be there. I think it's a... Yeah, and I, I don't think I think the flippers are going to learn that they, you know, they're not going to have the patience to wait for a card to get graded. That's why they gravitate towards the the sealed wax uh, at Target, Walmart. Uh, so they're looking to get that, you know, and make a quick buck, either flipping the the box or doing a break. Um, but you know, you are going to see new players enter the market. Uh, this HSA that is yeah, that has that. come in. I mean, nice it's questionable looking. tactics by them going on right now. I think, yeah, on social it, media. <laughs> if you've looked at some of their slabs too, they uh, they they misspelled some of that. I mean, so they're it's a little sloppy. A little and I understand sloppy. that stuff's going to happen, but yeah. what I'm seeing right now are just a bunch of trolls that are saying, "Oh, got these back from what is it? HSA, HSA, whatever, HSA," and they're awesome. You know, I've seen this in the market before, and with CSA, it was one of the companies. Um, back about 20 years ago, and it was the same type of thing. These new players try to get in, but they can't match with PSA. We saw the investors, the list of investors who just bought PSA. PSA yeah. uh, you tell me those guys are losers and <laughs> well, you've doing got, the wrong you've thing. Got, uh, you've got Kevin Durant. You've got Deshaun Watson. You've got uh, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets. You've got uh, the Churnin Group, uh, who had acquired Barstool and Nat Turner. So you've got some big muscle and some big money. Uh, behind PSA. So which company am I hitching my wagon to as a, as a sports card collector and investor PSA all day long. Thank you. I don't care how long the wait is. Yep. I'm just going to send it in and wait. They'll make uh you know, they'll make the appropriate adjustments to, they understand lead times an issue. And, you know, so they're taking the measures to, to correct it. Um, and if I'm Kevin Durant and Deshaun Watson, I'm rounding up all of my rookie cards and I know all of them will get graded as a 10 uh, because they are, uh, part owners of the of the company now so uh good for them yeah i just i tell you <laughs> no, well there is one that worries me there the golden auction owners and it kind of worries me when you have some have one business and you it's working the same you know and yep 
I don't know. That one kind of worries me a little bit on that something end of things. To, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on. <sighs> and, um, you know, what do you think with, like, Beckett? Like, we're so high on PSA. And I know Beckett's probably right there with you. Like, I think you're pretty much the same with I am yep. about the Beckett and SGC. What's SG, your feeling? SGC is a vintage, I is think. a distant third for me. I just it is. don't I like think SGC is a good vintage company, though. Yeah. Okay. Um, but with Beckett, what, what sets them apart from PSA? I love the subgrades mm. on Beckett. Yep. I think that is that is sharp, and, and to also have the opportunity to get a a, a black label, uh, yeah, Beckett, that's that uh, that and they it is a nice looking, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of a thicker slab. Um, oh, is it? I didn't know that yeah. too. Okay, uh, but yeah, I love the I love the subgrades. I mean, it really lets you know because so if I get a card back from PSA and it's a eight or a nine, correct. I don't, you know, I can maybe look at it and say, oh, okay, yeah, maybe the centering is a little, you know, I should have noticed that a little bit better before I sent it. Oh, yeah, that corner's a little, you know, a little dinged. With Beckett, there's no question. You know, you can kind of see where you might have fell short, whether it's on the surface and the corner, uh, um, you know. So so I do like that aspect a lot. And, you know, I think you can you can get some really nice cards right now in a, a BGS 9.5 um, you know, for certainly a fraction of the cost of a PSA 10. So, and who's to say Beckett won't be the new leader 10 years from now? We don't know. Does it, doesn't feel like they will, you know, with all right. the investments going into PSA, but, um, you know, sir, there is certainly nothing wrong with a, a BGS lab. I, I just, I just can't get there on, on SGC, but yeah, it's all right. <laughs> But I, I, you know, maybe I'm not as much into the vintage. I, I'm a, I'm a, a young guy, so I, you know, I look right, to my yeah. elders. I look to my elders to educate me and just kind of, just <laughs> <laughs> baby. Tell, tell me how things were back in the day. Oh, good stuff. I mean, what do you think on uh, when we look at this right now? We're telling people. I mean, my advice is to people is PSA is still, like I said, number one. Absolutely. Overall. A hundred percent value wise. Where do you see the big difference between maybe educating some of those listeners that aren't into the collectibles so much, but want to get into it like yourself a year ago, where, where did you learn from that? I think you're kind of a good person to ask for that too. In terms of just researching the whole grading process. Like what made you realize like, Oh, PSA is it for sure. When you would see a beautiful Beckett case, like nine, five, let's say a Luca. And you're like, wow, it's still a sharp card. It's a mint card. It says. Yep. Um, you know, I, I'd certainly, uh, research both. And you look at eBay comps as well. Um, you know, and in any time somebody refers to a certain card, so Luca being a good example, they always refer to his PSA, PSA 10, Luca PSA 10, Luca PSA nine, kind of here's where we're at. And then, uh, you know, Beckett would be kind of the you know third in line. Um, so as I started researching eBay comps and just kind of looking at what was selling, um, you know, what was still on the market, just kind of seeing how they were priced. There was a significant premium uh, from a PSA 10 versus a BGS nine and a half. So yeah. that certainly let me know uh, as somebody that was coming back into the space that, okay, I mean, this is kind of the gold standard of a graded card This is a PSA 10 and that's what people are buying. Um, so I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to hitch my wagon to PSA and that's, that's the way to go. Um, and then you go through the whole process of you know, how you prep a card before you send it off to get graded. And, uh, so that's a, probably a topic for, uh, for another show. I think but, so. Uh, yeah, that's a good, I mean, uh, that's something good to talk about. Yep. Um, but you know, uh, I've, I've been happy with, with my submissions to PSA and, and I'm glad I've started to learn a little bit more about these, 
uh, bulk submission groups uh, like PC sports cards, uh, got baseball cards down in Georgia is, is another good one. Um, you know, and I'm going to check out that Harvo, like you mentioned. So a lot of different ways to get cards submitted, but uh, a lot of those bulk groups now have kind of hit the pause button with the price increases. So I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out how they're going to price uh, their stuff moving forward. So much like you, I'm glad I've got about four or five orders uh, sitting there waiting to get graded yeah. and uh, looking forward to it's them. like the buddy that owes back. you, you know. Yeah. You always know you're rich. You got something coming <laughs> yeah. Coming you know, back. you could be broke that day, but hey. Yeah. Pat hey. owes me 20 bucks. Right. Hey, your producer has a question for you. Oh, yes. Great. Producer yes. Rich. So you're talking about sub, like subgrading. So does mm-hmm. does Becca, they provide you a checklist of why your car didn't grade out the way it, way that you intended it to? Well, what it is, it's going to show you um, edges, centering, corners, and surface. And it's going to give a grade on each one of those from the 0 to 1 to 10, I should say, standard of grading. Um, and then that averages out the 4, and then that's your grade, overall grade of the card. Okay. So w- what that does, was that would that prep you for the next time you go to send cards out to get graded? Like before you, like, like before you box them up and ship them out, like you were talking about the 38,000 in one month, just going to your target store, picking up and throwing them in a box and sending them off to PSA. Some, you know, yeah, there's definitely a prepping process that needs to happen. So it's more of an educational tool for the people who are trying to get cards graded. So when it comes back, it is, they can say what you can look at, like what they saw maybe and stuff like that. Cause when, and Pat mentioned that earlier, when he gets an order, when we get an order back from PSA, you see it and it gets a nine, not a 10. Why? We don't know. Now it's with, very subjective, and maybe Johnny in the cubicle over might grade that same card at ten. Uh, so that's that's the challenge yep. of grading. Yep, exactly. You always run into the Russian judge with that too. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. Appreciate you. All right. So I mean, one one thing we're going to do here each week, and uh, I don't know how we're going to do this each week. I'm going to say that right now. We're going to try our best, and uh, but in the future here, every show. I think it would be cool to have like a top five list. Maybe we'll get really crazy and get in a top 10. Oh, man. But wow. Midnight. I know that'd be <laughs> wild, wouldn't it? So this week, we're going to kind of keep it simple here. And top five players to invest in. And when I mean players, you can talk about an individual card with that player or not. And uh, Pat, what do you have? For your top five right now i would say and this is in no particular order so uh you guys probably recall um, i'll be writing these down 30 too. to 30 30 to 60 days ago you saw a huge run on a lot of the quote-unquote legends um you know uh the uh, ken griffey juniors and then barry sanders uh oh. so you knew you had to know that there was going to be a reset of that i mean it was just out of control what some of these things were going for um you know so now you kind of revisit it uh you look at a barry sanders uh 89 score rookie uh in a psa 8 9 10 all three uh in those grades are, are down uh 35 plus percent uh, over a uh, over the last 30 days um, so starting to starting to see a little bit of a reset uh, same with Jerry Rice uh, so you look at Jerry Rice uh, his 1986 tops uh, rookie card um, again down 30 percent PSA seven through nine uh, Ken Griffey jr 89 so you look at his 1989 rookies so 89 upper deck minus or he's down 17 percent and a PSA nine 
is 89 FLIR down 25%. Um, so, you know, those are three, you know, legends uh, that people were buying heavily uh, during the, the time where there was a huge run uh, on, on players like that. I'm guilty as charged. I, would, I bought up some Hakeem Olajuwon uh, rookie cards, some Barkley rookies, uh, and those have dropped in value since I bought them. So, uh, but I'd, I'd still like those to, to hold their value for, for the long term. Uh, my last two guys, uh, uh, Trey Young is a guy I think people are, are neglecting a little bit. Um, you know, obviously his team is not great. But I think he is, uh, you know, one of the best scorers in the NBA, certainly one of the top shooters around. Uh, hasn't had the best season, but the guy has a world of talent. Um, but you look at his 2018 prism, down 15% uh, over the last 30 days, and his optic uh, base, down 25% over the last 30 days. Uh, so that's a guy to keep an eye on. And last, uh, and certainly not least, uh, my boy, Bron Bron. Um, LeBron James is a guy that I think is way, way, way undervalued. You look at where Michael Jordan cards are priced right now, and LeBron still has, you know, quite a few years left in the tank, and he's going to be a guy that will be relevant for many, many, many years when basketball is over. Uh, so I think we're, we've only scratched the surface on his cards. Uh, so he's a guy I've been trying to buy quite a bit of. Uh, but again, the last 30 days, his cards are down 13 to 15%. Um, and, you know, you, you don't have to buy all these cards in a PSA 9, 10. You know, I've got a couple of LeBron PSA 8s. I mean, just look at the Jordan 86 yep. Fleer, uh, what his price is on a PSA 5, 6, 7. I mean, they're absurd. Uh, and I think LeBron is going to be in that same category uh, when it's when it's all said and done. So if you're patient and uh, you're willing to hold LeBron, I mean, he's there. People are sleeping on the Lakers right now because Anthony Davis is, is hurt. Uh, you know, Utah's on a nice run. Um, but I, I tell you what, when the smoke clears at the end of the year, I bet LeBron is, is hoisting a, another trophy. Um, so keep an eye on LeBron's cards. I would uh, I'd be looking to pick some of those up. Now, let me ask you about LeBron, too, before I get over to my top five. I didn't know what your list was ahead of time and things like that. Being a LeBron collector, where why do you think his cards are not there? Is it like a social, political view of him? Is it just the way it is nowadays for the NBA, for the fan base? It's I mean, I'm just kind of wondering why he hasn't took off as being an MVP after MVP. When I've seen Steph Curry do it in the past, Steph Curry's stuff flies up when he's yep. won MVPs. Yep. Giannis, another guy that's just been – off the charts. Yeah. What separates LeBron from the other superstars for the, in the card industry? Yeah. And I think, you know, LeBron is, is, uh, he can be a, a polarizing, uh, you know, personality to an extent. He's certainly not afraid to, to speak his mind. Um, you know, I certainly don't, uh, fault him for that, but man, you look at what the guy does on the basketball court. He is, he is an absolute beast. Yeah. I mean, and you know, many times when, when, uh, players uh, like this retire, they're going to, man, they're going to appreciate LeBron way more when he's gone, uh, than, than maybe they do today. And I know he's hanging around to try to play with his son, right. uh, to when his son gets to the NBA and who many, who knows how many more titles he'll have. I mean, if him and AD stay together for a while, I think he's going to get quite a few. So, uh, he's certainly not done winning titles. So I'm, I'm, uh, hedging, hitching my wagon to, uh, to LeBron. Uh, when and where it makes uh, makes sense. So, um, but but two guys that I, I wanted to throw this in there too. Uh, 
a guy that I always see hyped up before every baseball season in the card market is Shohei Otani. Every year, every year, his cards go through the roof right before the season starts. Like, oh, this is the year. He's going to pitch. He's, he's going to hit. He's going to play everywhere. By May, he's going to be on the DL with elbow issues. It, it happens every year. Uh, and the other guy is LaMelo Ball. I love LaMelo Ball. I think he's a great player. Uh, but look at the prices of what his hoops PSA 10, how somebody somebody must have paid through the nose Jeez, just to really get, get that graded. I, they're <laughs> selling, there's a couple selling for over $1,000. And to put that in perspective, Luca's PSA 10 hoops rookie is at about $350. So you're telling me yep. a LaMelo Ball hoops rookie is going to sell for four times with a Luca rookie? Right. I mean, it's absurd. So I just had to get that ad off my chest. Well, I see that. Down. I see that a lot in football cards too. And I got a couple of football guys on my list. It's because the big, the big baller brand is that, is that, <laughs> is that why it's worth so much? Well, hey, never yeah, lost. Never lost. I got my big baller shoes on. You guys just can't see never it. Never lost. You, right. did, you couldn't find your shoes after the fireball night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who invited these guys? The big faller. The big faller. <laughs> That's great. The faller brand. Oh, <laughs> uh, but. Talk about your elders later, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll help you out. Yeah. We have a handicap yeah, but, uh, exit. You know, when LeBron, he'd play the bad boys. They have to be on the floor. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you that right now. And the league has changed a lot. It has. It's softened up. And I'm kind of going LeVar Ball here maybe a little <laughs> bit myself. But uh, his ass would be on the floor. So are you trying to tell me Bill Lambeer's in your top five? He should be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to those lists later, buddy. Let's invest in Bill Lambeer rookie cards. Not bad. Not a bad idea. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Yes, there you go. All right. What I have a list on is interesting when we talk about football. It's getting on that football, too. My ADD threw me off there a little bit. So um, you see guys pop up right now like Justin Jefferson and things like that. My advice to those collectors out there, it's great to collect those guys, have fun with them, but don't think of them as a serious investment. There's only one right wide receiver card who has value, and that's Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson, he's starting to come back up since he's a making little, a home. A little, a little bit, bit but it's it never be been more. there. I thought it'd be more Great. of a spike. Everybody yeah. thought, and it never was. No. Running back, same thing. Yep. You have to be the top premium over time to be able to get there. Agreed. If you're investing, go quarterback. Yep. That's it. Go with the gunslingers. And that's right where I have number one, Justin Herbert, right now. And my advice to people, and we talked about this, and I have another player on there also, buy the ungraded right now. Yep. Stock up on the ungraded, hold them, send them off the PSA, that's fine, but don't buy them graded right now because you're going to be playing, paying right through the nose yeah. on it. <clears throat> and it can be like a Joe Burrow situation. And Joe Burrow's got all the talent in the world. That's one player I would buy also. Mm-hmm. But a player like Herbert, I haven't seen a guy like this in a long time. So, yep. um, He's a player I would just buy the ungraded stuff. Which is considered, it's called raw. So buy a, it's a Correct. raw card, if then ter, uh, uh, industry slang. So if yeah. you're, you're looking on eBay, yep, that would be considered a raw card. Yes. Love Joe Burrow. Yeah, I love Joe Burrow. Um, you know, you look at a second player. Now we get back to more consistency in an investment. Kind of like when you talked about a balance. Just saying no difference in balancing your portfolio, all that kind of stuff. Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Kobe's one of those ones. He's kind of fluctuating. Things will go up and down. Trust me. We kind of got for the 30 for 30 episodes, which kind of blew up the card market and all that and all the documentaries, whether it's through HBO or whatever else. You're going to see something on Kobe over the next year to two for sure. Without question. And um, 
that's going to continue to go. And, you know, that's why I always say Kobe is a great investment. <clears throat> First, second year cards are big. I think you make a great point there on second year cards. Second year cards are very yep. undervalued yep. and people don't put enough time and effort into it. They see the rookie and they, everybody ignores that second year. Yep. And that second year is a great. huge card yeah, later yeah, on. Kobe's 90s, 1997 cards have been, been on fire. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. And this one's painful for me to say, Pat, but having a collection of a Michigan backup quarterback is always good too. So Tom Brady. Oh, geez. You know, so I mean, he's probably one of the greatest backup quarterbacks ever, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he really was. Yeah, so that's kind of got personal there. Do you Here guys, comes Jasper. Do you guys think that if he just retired, his cards would go up more? Um, I think they will I eventually. Do. He's just so hot right now. It just, I just hope. I just want him to retire because I, I want him to retire. Oh, <laughs> I've said it since episode one of the. Uh, Easy Speak uh, podcast. Oh, Gronk signed again, so I know. Yeah, the band's back, back at it again. I know. I'm not one more year. Right. I'm not. I'm not happy about that. But <laughs> avocado ice cream, Cuca- all around cucumber ice cream, cucumber, cucumber ice know. cream. Yes, yeah. avocado ice cream. Ugh. Yeah, I mean cucumber is pretty gross too. But you ever drink cucumber water? Cucumber sorbet. You ever had cucumber water where they say yeah. it helps for hangovers? Which I probably should have had on Monday. Yeah. I should have, yeah. but it's I didn't. Iced tea. That's usually. Oh, it's brutal though. It's so gross. All right. Four, once again, un- oh, raw. Man. I put him on there, Lamelo Ball. Oh my! I see the kid. He is but hey, big baller brain. Let's not buy the PSA tens right no, now. Let's buy it raw. Stack them up. I would support that. Thank you. Stack them up and just see where we go Rack with that. Them and stack them. So there's your young player right there, like a Justin Herbert, and number five right now. I got a guy. I'm going to let you guys know. Willie Mays. Willie Mays is one of our few living legends, and I'm talking historical living legends left in the major league baseball. And I hate to play to play the death card there, but when it happens, like Hank Aaron, the stuff flew. They finally went up in price. But now the does the, the four horsemen page you you, you put a stone you put a seven day oh, band. You have to yeah there's right exactly be respectful. Exactly. But after those seven days, those cards are still going up. Okay. <laughs> so let's no, seriously. Bobby's not even cold yet. And George, George is, uh, is unloading his Willie Mays collection. No, I'm, I'm buying. I want to buy right now. Right. 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 I'll unload it later on that eighth day. All right. No, Willie, are, we, are we talking Willie Mays Hayes or are we talking Willie Mays? No, we're talking Willie Mays. Say, Hey kid. Oh, no, I thought it was Willie Mays. Hayes. Not Willie Mays Hayes. Oh, okay. Not where you're going 90 feet. Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Willie Mays, I think, is one of those players that we're seeing it a lot in the vintage market, which I'm a lot stronger and I believe than you are with it. But we're starting to see that growth. I believe with it. that it is. I kind it's of because right he's older than you. Power play. Hey, he's an older guy. Right, an older guy. He's right. familiar with the old cards, which is what we'd expect. Right. I can teach him about the young guys because you see when he when he's yelling at kids to get off his lawn. George, be nicer to the young kids. Let's talk about some of these new cards, these shiny silver. He he, he 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 really wanted that Honus Wagner card. Yep. On the intro because Ooh, I did like that. Because he peeled that from a back of a tobacco yeah, uh reminded package. him of reminded him of his first grade when he was, when yeah. he was in first grade. Yeah, exactly. Are you done? <laughs> I think so. I think, wait, is this thing on? Hello? 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 Great thing bit on? you got going on, on there. On? You guys plan that one there? Huh? No, no. Huh. Ad lib. A clown. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I tell you what, what a great show for a first show. And I kind of want to talk about real quick as before we get to closing and with Pat and myself here, where to expect us in future podcasts and what our goal is with this. We want to continually do entertain in the market, let people know where the industry is, what's new in the industry. We can't do this ourselves. So please feel free to comment and let us know if you have a question for future topics on the show, or if you'd like to, for us to answer a question for you, more than happy to do that. Um, we almost would prefer if you want to just answer an email, we will, but we will answer it live for you also and do that. We're going to be bringing in some great guests here in the industry and kind of got a surprise here for you. This one, one our first guest, he's going to be the founder of the Tigers page, uh, Detroit Tigers collective memorabilia and collectibles page, uh, Bill Welch. And we're going to get Bill on. It's probably going to be via Zoom or phone or something like that, but Bill's going to join us and we're going to pick the brains of other people in this industry and hobby because we don't know it all <laughs> by any means. And we want to learn more from others. And I think it's so great. There's so many people in this industry, whether it could be in the collectibles, the framing industry, mm -hmm. um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's local card shop owners. Yeah. A lot of different avenues we want to play on that. So, yep. um, and I'd really like to kind of see us, we want to really give back to the kids too. And we're going to, we're going to be finding a way to get involved with our local local little leagues here and um, getting a chance to let them be involved in this, giving away cards and things like that. So, is that when you drive around your in your white van with no windows and throw packs of cards out at the the elementary schools? It's blue, by the way. Blue, blue. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking of the right. OJ. The white one was the old OJ. one. I was thinking of the OJ van. Right. The blue's better because the tint kind of blends with That's, the blue, yeah. so it kind of all. All the blue together. one is for the cards. The red van is for the free candy. <laughs> yes, that's yes. right. You've seen the that online. Van. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a great thing. We're going to be uh, doing this. And uh, I'm so happy you're joining me, Pat, on this. Yeah, and it's going to uh, be a ton of fun. What do you got to say for kind of the future of our show here as we move forward? Yeah, no, we just want to have uh, have a ton of fun with it. And um, yeah, like you said, give back to the hobby and and learn, learn from each other. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we can help. Uh, some collectors out there and, and we'd love for others in the space to, to help us, uh, you know, with questions, comments, uh, guests. So, uh, man, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a ton of fun and, and, uh, gosh, so much, so many great things happening in the hobby and, uh, just, there'll be a lot to talk about all the time. So thank, uh, thank you guys for, uh, hanging in there with us and, and hopefully we can, uh, can keep this thing rolling for a long time. We'll keep improving at this too. We promise. That's so, right. That's right. Uh, so for coach Pat, this is George Jackson, and uh, thank you again, everybody. We appreciate y'all, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace.